All right, what up, great people? You know who it is and what it is. I am Mr. Dark Eye. You tuned in to the Mr. Dark Eye podcast right here on Anchor FM. New Soul Music Radio, the home of motivation to trust God and live your dreams. I got my man, business owner, entrepreneur, financial advisor, owner of Trusted Financials, Chris Potts in the building. What's up, bro? What's going on? Going on. Good afternoon. God bless. How you doing today, my friend? Oh, man. I'm wonderful, man. God is great, man. We are here. All the time. Get ready to have a great conversation. Teach these folks a little something about what it takes to really do what they may be thinking about they want to do as far as getting into the entrepreneur space and being business owners. Um, we, we know how it can be. Ups and downs, ins and outs, the blessings, the frustrations. Yes. Yeah. All that, man. So you in the finance game, man. You in insurance. Um, so how did you get started in that? So I've been in the business, gosh, uh, going on almost 17 years. Okay. Okay. I don't look it. Now, the beard and the gray hair, yeah, I man. to look it. But before, I didn't look it. You preserved. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, I got started. I left corporate America okay. at a young age. And so my stepfather was an entrepreneur or okay. is an entrepreneur. Okay. And so one of the uh, businesses that he owned with his friend was an insurance agency. So as I left corporate America and I was like, well, man, God, I don't know what I want to do. You know, um, you know, I was with my, uh, my ex-wife at the time and, mm-hmm. and we had children. I said, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I got bills to pay. And so my stepfather was like, well, you know, why don't you come into the insurance game? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I don't know about that, Bob. You know, it was because if you're like me, you grew up with those, we used to call them debit agents. Mm-hmm. They would come out to your house and, you know, your parents or your grandparents might have a little small policy and they would come and collect the premium, et cetera, mm-hmm. those type of things. Mm-hmm. And, and if your family didn't have the money, usually Doc and Dud, you know, uh, uh, Dodge, the, the the agent. Right, right, and right. so that wasn't a fond memory. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. So he's like, oh, we're doing some different things. And these are some of the products that we're promoting and marketing and those type of things. And it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was like, all right. So I gave it a shot and, you know, almost 20 years later, still doing it, you know? So yeah. I love what I do, you know, I've been blessed. What's the misconception, um, the biggest misconception that people have about insurance? Because I be hearing, um, as a matter of fact, in this building, there's a guy who used to sell insurance that was right next to my office. And he used to have the toughest time getting the people to buy insurance yeah so what it what it, what do you think that reason is what is the misconception i think a lot of times it's the the agent advisor broker whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. If, if you're if you need to make a sale mm-hmm. we call it in the in the business commission breath and so a lot okay, of what's time, that? What's so, that? so a lot of times the, you, the consumer can tell when an agent advisor, broker, whoever needs to make that sale. Cause they're very pushy. They're like, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. Or, you know, here's option A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, all the way through Z. Yeah. And so instead of me listening to you, the consumer saying, Hey, okay, I'm not sure if I want to make the sale right now, mm-hmm. do business right now, mm-hmm. you know, let me think about it. But they're like, they're like, okay, you gotta do something. You gotta do something. A lot of times, you can you can tell that, mm-hmm. you know. And so we call it commission breath. Okay, you know, because okay. you, the consumer, is gonna be uneasy. Like I didn't tell this guy, or this woman, no. Yeah. So why are they still having this conversation? Right. With me. So that could be one issue. Yeah. Another issue is if if you're not confident in your skill set, mm-hmm. or if you lack the knowledge on the mark, uh, the products that you're marketing, mm-hmm. sometimes that comes across as the 
the wrong thing. Right. You know, right. if you're talking to someone about life insurance and you don't even know what type of life insurance that you're promoting, or if you don't know the type of life insurance this person has, then they're going to feel like, okay, does he even know what he's doing? Does she know mm-hmm. what she's doing? Do they know what they're marketing? Do they know the, rep- the company they're representing? Mm-hmm. Those type of things. So mm-hmm. sometimes that can be yeah. an issue and challenging as well. So I think sometimes the misconception is, um, does that person represent the company? Are they confident in their own skills? Mm, okay. And so that comes across, right. you know, a lot of times. So even if you don't know, I always tell people, I've been doing this a long time. I don't mm. know everything. Yeah, and yeah. I'll tell my consumer, my client, mm-hmm. hey, look, I may not have the answer, but I can get the answer for you. Mm-hmm. And that goes a lot further than me saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit of <laughs> information mm-hmm. can be deadly, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... I think sometimes that's a struggle for a lot of agents, agency owners, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've heard the, the pushiness. They, <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't take no for an answer. They just keep going and going and going. And eventually, um, either the uh, the person to give in or they yeah. cuss them out and hang up the phone. I didn't <laughs> yeah. heard that, too. It's be, it'd be hilarious, man. Yeah. And it's a difference in, in perseverance. That's a difference. Uh-huh. You can be pushy, meaning... If the, if you say you were my uh-huh. customer or well, I want you to be one of my potential customers, right, right, and if you say, okay, Chris, I'm not ready to do business today, that didn't mean no. That just means no, not right now. Yeah. So you may say, well, Chris, give me a call next week. Now you, you put that out there, <laughs> so you gonna so do I'm it? I'm gonna call you next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you say I'm not ready, give me some time. I may, mm-hmm. you know, two, three weeks or whatever, and I may call back. Yeah. And, at one point, you may say, okay, I'll call once a month or something like that. Yeah. You know, then you kind of get the hint, okay, you may not want to do business with me right now. Right, But I've right. had clients where it took two, three years, four years, you know, to do something. Wow. And so a lot of times they've fallen back up with me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, we talked such and such, you know, years ago, and I didn't forget about you. I just had XYZ going on. So then they're like, okay, I'm ready to do some business. Yeah. So, so there's a difference between being pushy and then perseverance. I think if if we just like, if, I think if it's just a matter of just educating them on the importance of the insurance and why you should get it, I think that probably maybe, you know, possibly a little bit more effective than the pushy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so approach. Every, everybody has their own selling style. Yeah. You know, so for me, I'm more of a consultative. Okay. Okay. So I take the constant approach. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have an issue. You have a problem. My Mm -hmm. job is to fix that problem. Right. So think of it as like a checklist. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me every single problem that you have, if I can check off, let's just say, if I can't check off a hundred, let's say 80, 90% of those Mm -hmm. problems, if I can check them off, then I mean, you and I can do business. Right. 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 But it takes me having to figure out what's going on with it. Right. You know, and I think that's what a lot of people screw up at. They're like, okay. I have this one product, I'm gonna push it, you know, no matter what happens. So then we look, you look at persistency race. Uh-huh. Right? So a good advisor, broker, agent, et cetera, should have anywhere, let's say, you can say 70, mm-hmm. 70%. Mm-hmm. I try to shoot for 80, 90, 95% persistency rate, meaning anything that I help my customers with, it stays on the books, mm-hmm. you know? Because in the, the day, I'm a capitalist. We're all capitalists. We want to make money. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. not, I'm fortunate. I'm not a nonprofit. I'm for profits. That means right, right, right. I got bills. <laughs> you know, yeah, there you like go. There you else. go. And so I was trying to make sure that whatever I'm assisting my clients with, it's going to stay long term. Yeah. You know, I don't want that one person with me for six, seven months and then they go to somewhere else. Right. That's right. wasting my time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Long term. Um, so 
with life insurance. You know, I've heard people put it like this, that life insurance, okay, so wealthy people, they actually use it in a way where they actually pulling money out of it to use it to make investments. They say things like life insurance is for the living, not for the dead. Have you heard this? So and, and we can spend the whole time talking about life insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many different types of life insurance. And so those life insurance policies and products can be used for different purposes. Yeah. And so they can be used for different vehicles for investment purposes. Yeah. You know, you can have the life insurance, which is it's a term product. A term product is like renting an apartment. You have for X amount of years. Okay. You, the um, insured dies within the X amount of years. Your beneficiary gets X amount of dollars. Right. Straightforward. Right. You know, now there are some other uh, nuances and other things you can do with that. But at the end of the day, that's what it's broken down into okay have it for a short uh, certain period of time 5 10 15 20 30 40 years mm -hmm. if you die within that time frame your beneficiary gets x amount of dollars mm -hmm. now again you can do different things with that then you've got permanent products whole life universal life iuls which are index universal life products those products think of it like owning a house and so you own a house as you pay the mortgage down the house you're um, the value of your house increases that creates equity mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. equity you know you can get a HELOC mm -hmm. a housing equity line of credit or you can refinance get the equity out mm -hmm. um, but if you do get a uh, if you borrow against the equity it does create a loan like mm -hmm. anything else you have to pay that loan back right 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 so there are certain life insurance products uh, specifically permanent products where it builds cash value dividends etc now with cash value it's kind of like equity you know and so if you do borrow against that uh, that cash value, you do have to pay it back. Okay. There are certain products. Mm -hmm. there are certain products, the goal is for you to borrow against that cash value to maybe fund retirement, which IULs typically do, index universal life products. Some people take out very large whole life products because it creates a lot of cash value. So mm -hmm. let's say grandparents may do that for a child when it's born. So and by the turn of 18, they're going to college, they can use that cash value to help pay for school mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so there's different ways and there's some people like you said some certain wealthy people that have been advised by their brokers wealth managers um cpas um tax professionals to say hey you can use this to do xyz mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i'm not a tax professional i'm not a tax advisor so i always tell people no matter mm -hmm. what we do if you're trying to do something other than the norm always consult your tax advisor cpa accountant whoever does your taxes because i don't want you to come back and say chris you told me this chris did not tell you that <laughs> right <laughs> did not tell you that right <laughs> yeah yeah don't want to get caught up in no lawsuits none of that stuff exactly, man. yeah exactly. yeah i hear you i hear you yeah i definitely um was curious about that because you know there's so many different things that people um beneath the surface of things beneath the you know the general information that yeah. people just don't know but you know i feel like overall you know proper education on anything is is needed because so many people just don't know i know there's a lot that i i just didn't know about certain things especially when it came down to insurance and you know life insurance and why it's so important like people tell you why it's important but then you I think, really know. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They'd be like, okay, this is why it's important. But then it's like, okay, all right, that's what you're saying, you know, but, you know, um, but yeah, you know, always, you know, do you research people, educate because you, you go and get life insurance and you're just getting it. You don't really understand your policy. You know, it could be, it could be something that, that, that ultimately uh, you're doing and not knowing. And then when it's time to use it for whatever you're supposed to use it for, then, 
it can go south. It can, it can be just a bad situation that you just not knowing what you was getting into the whole time. Yeah, or you might outlive your policy. You know, yeah. you, you might have thought you had a whole life policy, which whole life means it's gonna cover you your entire life your whole life yeah you know but you may have had a term policy that was 15 year term policy see that's so what i'm saying you got it at 30 and ended and termed out at 45 you didn't do anything with it you can so some term policies you can't convert to permanent policies depending see? on the carrier so now you're 60 say, oh i've got this policy over here that i've been paying on since i'm 30 yeah but that policy canceled out and turned out 15 years saying. ago you know so you don't know what you don't know that's it you know and so any good advisor agent insurance whoever um they should always they're talking to you and you say well hey i've got this policy do you mind taking a look at it always do best by your client take a look at it tell them what they have you know i might spend 30 percent of my time during the year just helping people i mean i'm getting out of it you know but i'm like hey this is what you have this is how it works this is what i'd be concerned about you Mm -hmm. know just make sure whoever wrote you the policy take a look at it reach out to them because you never know and that goes further than me saying don't worry about what you got over here let's just do this right you know you don't always want to do that right so being in business for 20 years though um you know definitely that's a that's a huge achievement a lot of people are not able and fortunate enough to say that they've been in business that long um what are some of the key things that you felt like has kept you in business that long um for me it's all about personal branding you know which you and i were talking about Uh, i think you are your own biggest brand Mm-hmm. You know, and so in our in my business, it's just like real estate agents, mm-hmm. realtors. It's a bunch of us. It is a lot of us. Yeah. You know, and so I always have to make sure that I'm branding myself to where people want to do business with me rather than going to the person around the corner from my office. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can always say you can find, you know, insurance agents, real estate agents is like churches and barbershops, hair salons. It's one on every corner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. in the South. Mm-hmm. And so you always got to reinvent yourself. You always got to try different things, new things, and be consistent with them to make sure that people want to use you compared to using somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so for me, is getting out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, trying to learn new things because I don't know it all, mm-hmm. you know? And then the way I was brought up to this industry is different than what it is in 2022. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got social media, which that's what I struggle with. You know, social media, some different things, um, TikTok and all the other kind of stuff. Right, that, right. That's outside of my environment that I'm comfortable with. So I'm forcing myself to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So that's part of personal branding. Mm-hmm. You know, you always got to invest in yourself as well. You got to invest in your business. Um, every time you make some profit, put it back into the business. People don't understand that. Right. You know, if you make if you make $10,000 that month, don't spend $10,000. Right. You know, right. pay quarterly taxes or something like that. Put it back into, you know, like I said, you know, two to 10% of your income or your profit should go back to your marketing budget. Mm. You know, do those things. Look at look at your SWOT analysis. Look at your sense of influence. Okay, what can I do to grow my business? You know, or what can these people in my center, these, this sphere of people do to help grow my business? Mm-hmm. You know, are you out in the um, community? Um, uh, um, I can't think of what I was going to say. Um, good. The chamber. Okay. The chamber, you, you know, so that's how you and I met. Right, you know? right, absolutely. And so are you utilizing what's available to you? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, So that's what I've done, the chamber, different networking groups, um, grassroots stuff, direct mm-hmm. mail, all kind of stuff, you know, to try to stay consistent and try to stay on people's mind where they want to say, okay, not only does he know the products that he's talking about, but he's also in the community trying to make a difference and do things. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, that's good. And, you know, I heard you talking about, you know, what to do with your profit when you do make it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
because a lot of people don't be realizing that about their business as they're making money, actually making money on on um, their bottom line, you know, knowing what to do. Because I heard you say something very specific about 2% of, of putting 2% of your profit back into marketing. That's what you said. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so how, how do you get to that two? Like what, what, what is the, uh, the strategic, uh, move behind choosing 2% of your, of your money to go into, uh, marketing? Uh, well, statistically you said you should, uh, use two to 10%. Okay. So the larger your company, the larger that percentage. Okay. So be. that's the minimum, the 2%. Yeah. So on, on average. And so, um, the way I look at it is, you know, you look at, okay, I set aside so much money mm-hmm. for marketing, and then you look at your return of investment on that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, let's let's use direct mail. Mm-hmm. That's a little easier to explain. Mm-hmm. So, let's say you send out a thousand piece mailer, very small thousand piece mailer. Mm-hmm. On average, you're going to get anywhere from one percent or less than one percent return mm-hmm. on that direct mail piece. So, now let's say you get three percent. Mm-hmm. You know, you do better than the average. So, you may say, okay, I've got three percent. So that was only at a thousand piece mailer. So what if I did a five thousand piece mailer? Mm. So then you want to increase that amount that you spent because you've seen that the return on it was higher than expected. Mm-hmm. So if you so let's say you spent a thousand, let's say five hundred dollars on a thousand piece mailer, you got three percent instead of five hundred, do a thousand. So mm. you can probably say statistically, I'm going to get six percent, hopefully, right? Then three percent. Mm-hmm. So you just you look at. You know, you look at the return of investment and then you just kind of always look at the figures. I'm a numbers, right? I, like, I love data. Right. Because data helps me understand what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. So you always want to look at the data and see what works and see what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll come quick. Sometimes it takes a while, you know, especially with social media. Social media is, is kind of a hit and miss. It's not going to just happen right. right then and there. And I've seen so many people, so, so many people rely heavily on social media mm-hmm. and they don't get the return that they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Even me, I've, in the beginning, you, you know, um, I'm 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 in this uh, leadership academy mm-hmm. right now. It ends next month, mm-hmm. and again, I've been doing this a long time, but I realize there's stuff that I don't know. Right, right. You know, and so there's people across the country that are helping me along with some other advisors and agents hone that craft, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. And so what I thought was a little successful, I was like, I say nothing compared to what they're showing me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've, so it's kind of like look at what's working for you. So if it's two percent, hey, if that's two percent bring you a lot of money in, mm-hmm. hey, by all means keep at it. If okay. it's not, you know, you may have to increase that budget, you know, to get where you want. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say radio, a good friend of mine works at WRHI, you mm-hmm. know, she mm-hmm. she can look at the, the statistics and tell you you need to be this amount, XYZ, and we can focus on these radio stations, et cetera, to get you mm-hmm. where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so it just it, it, at the end of the day is looking at the data and making sure that it makes sense. Absolutely. Now that two percent to ten percent is that cross the board with you know any any of the uh, expenses I mean or that you want to kind of look at is that the average look that you want to go with, like from the minimum of two percent to the max of ten percent across the board? Um, now I've heard of companies like the larger corporations they may mm-hmm. spend more than ten percent because they spend millions. Absolutely. You, you know, but Absolutely. for like a small business, yeah, you want to stay at two percent. You know, anywhere no more than ten percent. Okay. And again, it, it looks it also it looks at your client. Clientele. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if if the clientele and the demographic that I'm trying to reach mm-hmm. are high net worth individuals, meaning they have assets in the millions, mm-hmm. then my marketing budget is going to be higher because I'm looking at a different demographic to mm-hmm. spend more money. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I'm saying okay, I'm looking for the national average um, household uh, married couple, 30, 45, or 25 to 45. 
uh, with 2.5 kids or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, the uh, median range from uh, income from 50 to 100,000, then my marketing budget may be a little bit lower because mm-hmm. that's not the mar- I'm, I'm looking at a different market, mm-hmm. you know. So it just it depends on your market. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why a SWOT analysis and a marketing plan is always key. We can throw these numbers out all day, but if you don't know what you're trying to reach, then all you're doing is throwing money away. It's just like starting a business if you don't know how to run a business. Right. You know, right. you want to do that. You know, like right. and you've seen this, mm-hmm. you know, like like restaurants, for example. Mm-hmm. It's easy to start a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got money, you can start a restaurant. Right. But can you keep it going? That's you know? key. That's so, key. That's what a lot of people do, man. They get out here and they start businesses. Um, you know, they go and they just create debt. They just <laughs> go right into creating debt and they may they have no uh, strategic plan on how they're gonna make they ain't made one dollar yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but they 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 have created debt. They went and leased the office space and bought furniture, and office, you know, uh, you know, equipment and computers and everything, man. And they just created a bunch of debt for themselves. And now, it's just it's just going to just kind of go downhill because they haven't um, uh, basically put together a plan, have a business model. They don't really know anything about what their um approach to it is going to be uh I, I've, I've seen it man um and I, I think that for me the key was taking my time and and yeah you know what I'm saying I had to take my time I was I was I, in the beginning I felt like oh I know this industry like being in the music industry I know this industry so I should do well in this space you know what I'm saying but growing clients getting clients man and and and, and uh delivering services that they that they go in the field that is being effective and that they trust and they want to come back and they're going to give you know referrals that takes time it to takes build time. that exactly exactly you look at some of the, the greatest and largest and most successful companies mm-hmm. in this country they all were they either were um, created in a garage mm-hmm. they you know in, in, mm-hmm. in a basement or something like that it wasn't like they came out oh, i'm gonna take a hundred thousand dollar loan and go start this business and I'm automatically gonna make it. You know, right, it doesn't right. work like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it does work, it's very few mm-hmm. that work like that. You gotta get out there. Um, and one thing that always bugs me is that, that you know, if you're starting a business and you say, Okay, I'm gonna go all in, you know, I don't have any money in the bank account, the savings on all that kind of stuff, and I'm just gonna make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, don't talk to me. Unless you've worked two or three jobs trying to run your business. Right, right. You know, people don't understand that. You know, people don't understand that, hey, you might have to work seven, you might have to work in the business, go to a part time job and work weekends just to follow that dream. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I've I've, true. I've known people that have done that. I've had to do that. Right. You know, to, right. to follow that dream because you were focused and you're passionate about what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But so often people just jump out here and say, I'm just, like you said, I'm gonna start a business, they go into debt. You know, they say, okay, well, it's got to work one way or another. I'm not going to work. I'm, you know, I'm too good to go work here. Right. Why are too good to work there? Yeah. Yeah. They they don't want to work a job. I've definitely, you know, have been in that position where, you know, I had to go and work for somebody else while I was building my business. You know, um, and basically what I did was, you know, other friends of mine who own businesses, I went and worked for them. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew, like, for me, I wanted, to have a uh, situation where I can have a flexible schedule. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, because I got I got this over here that I'm building, so I need to be able to attend to this when I can, when I need to. So I needed to, to have a situation where I, I knew that they understood that. 
you know, most jobs ain't going to just let you, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying, have that flexibility. Exactly. So exactly. I was, you know, so I was fortunate enough of calling some of my, my, my friends that own yeah. businesses. Like, hey, you need some help over there. You know, I can get a, uh, some some hours with you and then um, and still have my flexibility. But yeah, definitely it takes that because because you're not paying yourself because I know for me, like I wasn't paying myself out of my business. You know, I was putting everything back into it. So yeah. I, so you got it. You got to, you got to take care of your bills. You got to have income exactly, for that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So you don't care that you start a business. Nah. You know, they want to make sure that light bill's paid. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so you I can just, have a dream in the dark. Man. You know, that's not good. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's not a good look. So. Yeah, man. It, it, it's, it's definitely something that, that that's a reality check for a lot of people, man. But you got to do what you got to do if you want it bad enough. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, So, um, from 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 your experience though you know with dealing with like developing a business model what's the what's the first thing that you feel like they should concentrate on you know when when you know going into a business starting out what's the first thing that they need to concentrate the on? the very first thing in my opinion is always what are you passionate about okay you know because you can start a business again anybody can start a business but if mm-hmm. you're not passionate about it the first time that you bump into an issue or whatever you're gonna give up Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so what are you passionate about? Like my sister, well, before she went to college, she was saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm thinking about going into business. And she was like, I don't know what kind of business I want to start. So she's asking me. And I, I said, Kayla, I love you. You know, but I'm going to tell you, like I tell everybody else, you know, if money was not an object and money wasn't an issue, what would you be passionate about doing? As long mm-hmm. as your bills are paid, as long as you have food on the table and money in your bank account, what are you passionate about doing? Mm-hmm. If you can answer that, then you know what kind of business you need to start. Mm-hmm. You know, because I want people to realize that you can be passionate about something, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be successful in the beginning. Right, it's going to take right. time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's going to take time to cultivate that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the first thing is always find something you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Then do your research about it. Mm-hmm. Is it profitable? You know? Can you solve a problem with yeah, it? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, then also, I think sometimes you don't want to go to a space that's overcrowded. Right. Unless you have an end. Mm-hmm. You know, now if my stepfather wasn't in the industry, would I have gotten to insurance? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, was, I can't really answer because I have no idea. Right. But I had an end, so that kind of helped me mm-hmm. in the beginning. Not everybody has that. Now, mm-hmm. if you have a great um, mentor and those type of things, then of course, you know, but um, make sure it's not overcrowded, you know. Um, and then I think you do those three things and then you put together a budget. Mm-hmm. You know, because your first year or two is going to be, mm-hmm. going to be bad. You know, right? <laughs> you know, right. it's going to be first three years. Paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if you own a franchise, it might be longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so, um, I think you just—it's just doing the research on your end before you jump, just jump out there. Mm-hmm. You know, now because of COVID, things had to change a little bit. Right. So Absolutely. you saw a lot of people leaving corporate America. Mm-hmm. They called it what the Great Resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, going into business for themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but because they were kind of like they didn't have any choices, you, you know, at that time. So I think they were a lot of people were unprepared for that. But I think it's going to be a lot of successful people coming out of it too because they may have already had this experience, but they didn't jump out there because they were nervous. Like I don't know. What to do mm-hmm. i don't know if i can do this i don't know what it takes mm-hmm. you know but god has a way of making you uneasy I'm yeah if he yeah. has something better planned for you i've seen it firsthand yeah you know? yeah yeah so. I, i've definitely personally myself 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, man, yeah, yeah, those are some great tips, man, and great advice because, yeah, you know, you want to know what you're passionate about, what you care about, you know, what kind of gets you up in the morning without even alarm clock. You just that's what you are passionate about, um, and then you doing research to figure out how is it going to really um, solve a problem for the people. You know, like is it going to really do anything? Um, for anybody like is there's a need for this you know is there's a need is it, is it supply for the demand so I mean I, I think um, that once that is established you know then you got something to build on I agree brother um, so you just don't want to go out there saying hey I'm just going wherever you feel like you're going to make a bunch of money because yeah. that's a big mistake <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying Because yeah. you want to throw money away you can give it to me you <laughs> yeah. know I can put it to use I can promise you that because I got a wedding to pay for so I can put it there to use you go. <laughs> there you go man because people get out here they thinking like oh man you, you making that much money doing that and they thinking that they can go and do it too but it's, it's not going to always work out that like that for you just because they're making a killing doing it it's, it's, it's a different approach it's a different purpose it's, they have a passion for it so, um, so that's why it's working out for them that way um, I know I know a lot of people have made that mistake in many different industries, people. But yeah, start with something that you care about, that you're passionate about. I agree with brother. I agree with brother Pox, man. Man, uh, this I'm gonna have to bring you back on, man. Yeah, man. Anytime. I was excited about this, man. Yeah, I was, man. I was telling my fiance, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was nervous, but I got comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. have to do a part two, man, because yeah. we done ran out of time. Yeah, brother. But man, um, great conversation, man. I hope y'all really learned some things about insurance and you know how to really build a brand and um you know keep that longevity going in your vision and your businesses um so uh give uh, give them uh, some information on how they can contact you yeah so you can reach me a couple of ways you can definitely check me out on facebook um it's under my name christopher potts or my business trusted financial group um, my website is www.trustedfinancialgroup.com i'm working on some of my social media i'm revamping a lot of things because it's leisure cat uh um, training I'm doing. Um, then also, you can uh, give me a call at 803 417 1905. It's 803 417 1905. And I'd be more than happy to have any conversation with you or just talk to you or answer any questions. That's what's up, brother. So, Definitely, man. Make sure y'all get in touch with Christopher Potts, man, for all of your needs when it comes to insurance. And I'm pretty sure the brother wouldn't mind sharing any information that you may need in regards to you getting started as an entrepreneur because he's full of information. Yeah, man. Thank you again, brother, for coming through, man. Great conversation. I'm going to have to have you back on so we can dive a little deeper into this thing, man, because there's so much out there to share, man. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me, brother. And uh, I'm so proud of the success you had. I mean, you and I met three two years ago yeah at the chamber you presenting it was at um one million cups one million cups yeah yeah and i told my friend andre i said yeah he's, he's gonna do some big things you know just man. see where you are from there to now it's yeah. just like it's a blessing man many blessings man thank life. you so much brother i appreciate you man man, man same to you man likewise man you know continue to keep grinding man building your business as 20 years man congratulations again on that brother definitely man you know everybody can't say that man so that's definitely a blessing man thank you brother uh-huh definitely people man thank y'all so much for tuning in we hope it was some motivation for you to get out here and live your dreams as we are living ours man impacting and making a difference out here in in our community so thank y'all again for listening this is the mr dark eye podcast right here on anchor fm new soul music radio the home of motivation to trust god and live your dreams we catch you next time